and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. So whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thank you for listening. Now, on to the episode. Six, episode 20, Villains. Ooh, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. Villains, indeed. This, so I was surprised. Like, I know the next couple of episodes, like the last three episodes of the season, are going to feel like the last couple episodes of season five, where, you know, it's kind of like one giant day one giant well, because episode it is. it's like <laughs> yeah only like one or two days goes by which i have a thought about that later in this episode when we get to spike so <laughs> yeah yeah so that, i mean i had a question about timing when it came to spike for sure but at the end of uh this episode i was like that's where it ends because i couldn't remember that that's how yeah. it finishes off uh whoa what a way I, I'm to go just, i'm really excited because you know as much as i have my qualms about season six which we've talked about and we'll talk more about that in our season six wrap-up episode um i'm also just really excited because i find that these last three episodes of season six much like season five are just really good they're really dramatic um this episode in particular particular i think the acting is amazing from everybody like just the the whiplash of all the different emotions that they have to go through. Oh, it's so good. This episode, I know you said that you really liked it, but I think for me, it, I just feel like Tara was robbed. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, but it left me disappointed, you know? Yeah. Well, we were, and we were angry about that all of last episode, you know? Uh-huh. And I know, I know some people probably skipped seeing red. Totally fair. I mean, quick recap. Tara was robbed. <laughs> Tara's dead. It's not good. We hate it. Um, thank you. Before we get into the episode, Steph, should we talk about the big thing that happened yesterday from our perspective recording this, but it's been a couple of weeks now, and I just want to make sure we mention it on the podcast. Yeah, we actually did talk about it a couple of weeks ago, and then I had to cut it out because it was too soon. <laughs> we, we, we were ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated figuring out merch, and I'm glad that we finally did. Um, spoiler. So, uh, yeah, we now have merch. So if you follow us on social, you will have seen that already. But I know many people are listening to the pod, don't care about social, it's fine. Um, But if you want to have actual, tangible, physical merchandise that says Prophecy Girls or Praise Moloch on it, uh, or It's Never Too Early for Xander Slander, please go to Prophecy Girls dot ca slash store and that will redirect you to our t public store we get a cut on anything you buy there all of the designs currently up on the store were done by liz dearth um, aka artifact pottery on instagram amazing amazing artist and we were so thrilled that we got to work with her um, we will have more merch drops different designs in the future i know a lot of people are looking forward to uh, more of our memes coming in like dinner in a bag and stoner joyce 
don't worry uh it's coming let us know what you'd like uh we just we, we don't want to do everything at once we can't afford to do everything at once we hope that this merch sells um so that you know it, it tells us what to what we what we can do next time um but i'm just really really excited and i also just want to give uh, a big thank you to our buy me a coffee supporters because it, it's your support that allowed us to you know to do this to to say like hey liz can we commission these designs from you um and, and you know same thing with going forward right like we like to pay our artists we like to make things as self-sustaining as possible so we really really appreciate those of you who uh were able to make that possible <laughs> yes thank you so much and thanks to everyone who's already gone out there and bought some stuff it's only been up for two days i bought some stuff it's in the mail i cannot wait to see it uh we will continue promoting the merch on our social channels and on the pod but yeah just a really quick thank you to all you early buyers i mean i'm, I'm sure you're christmas shopping that's why you're doing it but uh, <laughs> uh we thank you if you post photos of your merch on social media please tag us we would love to see it yes we want to see so bad all right so d before we jump into the episode do you have an alternative name for villains uh in true archer style i would call it rampage <laughs> i would call it something similar My, mine would be called terminator because mm. that's what willow reminded me of in this episode which one uh you know what terminator 2 judgment day let's go with that one it wasn't terminator 3 judgment day <laughs> Nope. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, Terminator 2 is the correct Terminator to choose. So good job. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we we, will, we can talk about terror being robbed. Um, so I gave a, a very silly recap a moment ago, but quick recap, both for people who didn't listen to our Seeing Red episode, but also because... I don't know if there's a recap for you on Disney Plus, Steph. There wasn't on my DVD rep. There is, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. Is. I can only imagine if you were watching this episode, you know, back when it was first being broadcast and you had missed the previous week, you would just be like, even if you saw the recap, but you would just be like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, <because> what? <laughs> the episode literally opens on Buffy has been shot. There's an ambulance. Willow is cradling Tara's dead body seeing red was a serious serious episode so basically main plot points of seeing red buffy busted up warren's gang warren is on the lamb jonathan and andrew are in custody buffy and spike had a thing a bad thing happened spike did a really bad thing uh, super triggering we're not going to get into it spike left he's gone somewhere to do something don't care um and then warren was very upset with Buffy and he decided to take it out on her by using a gun. So he shot Buffy uh, and one of his shots went stray and hit Tara, who was upstairs with Willow, after they were all happy. And that's where we are opening up here. What an action-packed episode that was. So we open on an ambulance arriving at Buffy's house. Xander is leading the paramedics to the backyard where Buffy is lying. And he's saying that she was shot accidentally. Uh, Xander said Warren was trying to kill her. Okay, sorry. I have questions, 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 questions. Yeah. It's the middle of the day. It's like in the morning. It's like 8 a.m. <laughs> Why are there no police? Like... Neighbors heard the gunshots, saw yeah. a guy, like, this is a white bread neighborhood. Why are there no police cruisers showing up? It's just two guys in an ambulance, like... <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe the ambulance just was was faster than the fire trucks and the police officers that usually come when you 
call 911. I assume. Well, for a gunshot specifically, I just kind of assume that if you're reporting a gunshot wound, the police will show up. This is America. Maybe they're just like, yeah, probably. You okay. know, I don't know. <laughs> Carry on. So the in Joyce's room, Willow is still panicking and crying over Tara's body. It's awful. Uh, the room goes really dark blue and Willow's eyes go dark and there's like clouds and thunder above her, like wind is howling. And she says, Bio Cyrus, I command you, bring her back. So the medic... I said the one that has the rat stash <laughs> is telling Xander to stand back so they can help her. And Buffy continues to stare into the sky. Willow says, hear me, keeper of the darkness. And then a big smoky demon head appears. And he says, witch, how dare you evoke Osiris in this task? And Willow says, please bring her back. And the demon says, you may not violate the laws of natural passing. Willow says, how? How is this natural? And the demon says, it's a human death by human means. You raised one killed by mystical forces. This is not the same. She is taken by natural order. It is done. And Willow says, no, there has to be another way. And the demon says, it is done. And she says, no. And as she screams, no, she blows that demon away. Like just with her, with her, with her powers. I am so over big demon cloudy things telling us what we can and can't do. Come on. Can those big heads in the sky just shut up for one second? Cut to credits after that. So did Willow kill this demon? No, but I think (laughs) think? it's demonstrating, A, it's demonstrating that she is fully rejecting this idea of like, witches shouldn't mess with the natural order of things. B, it's showing us how much innate power Willow has. Not every witch can harm the the gatekeeper of the underworld right like she hasn't killed it but she definitely you know annoyed it i I think it's probably the closest equivalent to us would be like a bee sting right like you know for those of us who aren't allergic to bees it's not going to kill you it's just really really annoying but it's also just like (laughs) how could something that small hurt something so big relatively that's what this Mm -hmm. this guy's going back to corporate office and being like that witch really fucked me up. Right? He's probably working with the powers that be from <laughs> Angel that we saw in I Will Remember You. Remember the oracles? <laughs> Buffy is being wheeled into the ambulance as Willow comes out of the house. Uh, she's still covered in Tara's blood and asks Xander how this happened. Xander says, Warren, he had a gun. Willow says, Warren. And she walks away. Xander, I guess, is processing. Like, he didn't ask willow why she's covered in blood and the medic says sir we have to go now are you coming with us or not so xander gets in the ambulance i will say i mean i've been very lucky i've not been in anything remotely close to this situation but from my experience this episode very accurately depicts the chaos and disorganization that happens in the aftermath of a traumatic event like this you're absolutely right staff xander is not thinking he's not paying attention he's not observing You know, he's not like, wait, but Willow, but you were upstairs. Where's Tara? Like nothing. And and I I will cut him slack because he is also in shock. He just saw his his closest friend get shot. Well, she saved him too, right? She pushed him down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I, I think that this episode, and we can talk more about this later too, like it does a really good job of capturing how disjointed and and it's very similar to the body in that way. I think we could probably draw a lot of parallels where like the body was showing us like Buffy like losing it and, and and vomiting and like opening the back door and hearing the noise of the neighborhood like it's the same kind of deal right it's like when sudden death happens when violence happens uh and it punctuates the equilibrium of your day 
um, you have a lot of trouble with sequencing and with observation and deductive reasoning and stuff because your brain is pumped full of stress hormones and you know it, it's in fight or flight mode basically yeah i think it's really apt to say that this episode is comparable to the body because i did see a lot of connections to it and this is one of them because even the fact that when the ambulance showed up xander was waiting in the front yard for them and and the question is like was xander well he would have had they don't have cell phones so he would have had to run inside to call 911 meaning he left Buffy out there to bleed like what like you know like I can just see him being in a panicked state at the moment Mm -hmm. right so at the police station Andrew and Jonathan are behind bars and Andrew is saying do you think um they'll let my aunt bring me my discman and I loved my discman when I was younger (laughs) it skipped a lot but like I loved making cds and then just playing that discman so Jonathan says that's what you're worried about we're in jail and Andrew says we're in custody we haven't been charged yet and Jonathan says it doesn't matter what they call it they got us we're going down and then he says that guy's been looking at me I think he wants to make me his butt monkey (sighs) Once again, prison equals rape joke. Come on, Buffy, do better. Yeah, we've seen it before. However, I will also say, isn't it so ironic that Jonathan is so worried about rape when it's happening to him? <laughs> he well, recognizes it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and like and in comparison to his life. So Andrew says, don't flatter yourself. I heard him talking to the guard. Um, he's in here for parking tickets. And Jonathan says, says that doesn't mean anything. The joint changes you. I hear they like small ones with little hands like their girlfriends. Okay. So Andrew says, you you have got to chill. This isn't Oz. It's like Mayberry. Besides, Warren is going to find a way to get us out of here. And Jonathan says, yeah, I'm sure he'll be busting us out any minute. And Andrew says, he will. He's coming back with a plan like war games. Remember the decoder that Matthew Broderick used? And then they talk about that for a second. And then Jonathan's like, shut up. <laughs> this is real life. And nobody's coming to get us, not even your aunt who won't return your phone call. And Andrew says she's out of town. Jonathan says she doesn't care. And neither does your partner in crime, Warren. So there, we're getting a little bit more about Andrew finally. Of the, the whole season, we're saying like, you know, Warren and Jonathan get all this character development and not Andrew. And we got a little piece of it here that like clearly Andrew has no family. Like no family that cares about him anyway. So Andrew says, don't say that. What do you mean, my partner in crime? We're in this together. And Jonathan says, you two were going to fly off and leave me holding the bag. Andrew says, no, we weren't. I was going to carry you. And Jonathan says, you two set me up and then Warren was going to screw you over too. And Andrew's in denial. He says, that's not true. Jonathan says, sure. He's a nice murderer who keeps his word. And Andrew says, you're wrong. He's coming for us. He's out there right now, devising a brilliant way to get us out of here. So what do we think about these two at this moment? Because we've talked a little bit about this so far. I've been a bit easy on Jonathan in some of these scenes because I'm like, you know, at least Jonathan kind of realizes, you know, he's got a little bit of a conscience. But I'm inclined to be a little harsher on Jonathan at the moment because the thing about Jonathan, and this has been consistent since at least season four with Superstar, Jonathan's the kind of boy, or man, if you will, who is very happy to go along with bad stuff as long as he's okay. But the moment that things start turning on him, suddenly he develops a conscience. And it's it's it, it's not, I don't think he's being like deliberately manipulative like Warren is towards the end of the episode. But it, it's one of those, it's a conscience of convenience 
Um, and it, it's an interesting kind of protective mechanism that he's probably developed since childhood. Yeah, and would you say that's probably consistent with what we've seen from him in the past? Uh, remember the superstar at the end when Buffy, he decides to save her? Mm-hmm. You know, he only did that when his back was up against the wall. Exactly. We cut to Warren, who's entering a demon bar that is not Willie's, and uh, because I guess we'll never see Willie again. <laughs> maybe Willie, like, decided to, like, make the big time. Like, maybe he's, like, in Las Vegas or something. Oh, good for him, honestly. Warren is, you know, the big man on campus now. He's buying a round for the house and he's because he says he's feeling expansive. And he sits next to a vampire who's watching TV. And Warren says, wouldn't want to interrupt your me time, not even to buy the guy who killed the Slayer a drink. And he says this so loudly so that all the other demons in the bar look over at him. And Warren says, took her out myself. I've been heading an organization, the trio. You've heard of us. And I like how he says this a couple times in this episode, right? He doesn't say, like, have you heard of us? He says so definitively, you've heard of us. And the vampire says, uh, no. And Warren says, it's not important. I cut them loose. I figure now that Buffy's out of the picture, some things have got to change around here. I need a real gang, not a couple of wannabes. And the bartender says, you killed the Slayer? What are you, a warlock? And Warren's like, you know, I've explored all the dark arts, witchcraft, demonology, you name it. I tried it against the Slayer. But you know what I found really works? gun and the vampire says you killed the flare with a gun and warren says yeah in her backyard don't underestimate science my friends good old-fashioned metal meets propulsion the vampire and the bartender and the nearby vampires they all start laughing hysterically and warren is laughing too he's like the town is ours because he thinks he's you know one of the villains now and the vampire says ours maybe you are screwed and then they laugh they laugh some more and warren clearly is not getting the joke and warren says Wait, this isn't the evil laugh of victory, is it? And the vampire says, more like the evil laugh of you're a dead man. And the bartender says, it was just on the news. Girl was shot in her backyard. She survived. She's in the hospital. And then there's more laughter. And the bartender says, slayers heal fast, real fast. And the vampire says, I was going to eat you myself during the commercial. But now I think it'll be more fun to let the slayer de-gut you. Might want to get a head start, my friend, because this girl's going to be coming for you big time i love this this is such a hilarious scene for so many reasons let's start with warren is so desperate for some kind of like recognition and Mm -hmm. you know he wants somebody to tell tell him he's done a good job he he strikes me as one of those kids who you know like brilliant kid in school really really smart but he he didn't get the attention he wanted. Maybe his his parents weren't uh, as indulgent. Maybe especially his dad. Um, maybe he, he was so smart that he you know got on his teacher's nerves because of course public education system is not set up for for people who show more intelligence over conformity. So Warren strikes me as the kind of person who feels like he's never been recognized for how smart he actually is and now he, he's finally done something worthy of recognition and he, he he's desperate for it so now he's in a demon bar and it's like Warren my guy uh they're never going to accept you they're never going to respect you even if you did kill the slayer you're never going to be one of them but he's so desperate to be one of them he truly believes he's leveled up yeah you know he thinks i killed the slayer and now these very powerful demons and vampires are at my level i can shed away the two guys that helped me get here because they're not at the level i'm at and not give them credit he's like i've done witchcraft i've done demon no that was jonathan and andrew 
Jonathan's yeah. the one with the magic bone, Warren. Do you have a magic bone? I haven't seen one. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, well, and I think what this scene does is it illustrates for us, despite being the evil mastermind and the most cold-blooded of the trio, Warren has much more in common with Jonathan Andrew than he would like to admit. And he's much closer to them than he is to the evil mastermind villain that he imagines himself being as he's in this bar, right? He is, at the end of the day, just another sad little man going on an ego trip. He never could be the big bad of this season. We know who the big bad of this season is. We're going to meet her very soon. Cut to her, right? Willow magically opens the door to the magic box and all the lights around her are exploding as she walks in. She's just going full carry right now. <laughs> her her powers are just like so jacked to 11 that she's not even controlling them. I think it's just there's like a, an essence around her that's causing this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. She asks Anya where she keeps the dark arts books and Anya is saying there's something something terrible has happened. I know, but you don't have to do this. And Willow says, I need power. Anya says, not with those books. I can't let you. And Willow says, stop and magically stops Anya from interrupting her. And Willow makes all the books fly off the shelves and lands on the table in front of her. And then she sinks her hands into the books, all the words and spells and text from the magics with the K books flow into her body so much so that her eyes turn black and her hair turns black. And she says, that's better. And I was like, wow, I wish I could read that fast. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those dark magics with a K. How did Anya know that something terrible has happened? Uh, the news, remember? They already oh, said on the news. Duh, yeah. yes, sorry. Duh. The news in Sunnydale <laughs> works really fast. We've talked about this. It's been a long time, right? But do you remember back in like season three or whatever, we were like, Wow, like Two. the coroner's report is in the evening edition of the Sunnydale newspaper. Like what's going on? Okay, but this is even this is even stranger because Buffy, as we're about to see, has not survived or died yet. Like she is en route <laughs> to yeah. the hospital. So they're reporting on things that aren't true yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the news for you. But you know, you're right. The continuity is a little messed up here. I mean, I, I did like in the previous scene, right, that the, the bad guys were all just like, ha ha ha. Like, I don't even want to stand near you right now. That's how screwed you are. I do love that kind of moment uh, yeah. for villains. But yeah, so this is, yeah, this is an interesting scene. Anya knows the score. Uh, Anya's hair, once again, totally different. Yes. Also, like, Anya's personality, totally different. Like, I guess when she's a demon again, she's an adult. Like, she's mature. And yeah, she has gravitas Confidence. Yeah. Like, you know, she's not like the quirky Anya that was human. Like, she completely 180 her personality again. And it's so funny you mentioned that, because this reminds me. So this part of season six was the first part of the series that I watched as it was being broadcast. So I I got into Buffy, you know, this would have been when I was in grade eight and I caught up on seasons one to five because they were being played like over the the season break or whatever in syndication on the Space Channel, shout out Space Channel in Canada. So I I caught up with the show as as season six was airing. And actually I remember for some reason, I don't remember if it was a broadcast error or just an error, a me error, but I didn't see the finale the first time around. I only saw this episode and then the next episode, and I didn't see Grave until like the next summer or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was really weird. I had to like go through all of season six again um, when it was being broadcast. But so I was watching this episode and I hadn't 
fully seen all the series yet. I was just seeing these episodes and I saw Anya in this episode. And you're absolutely right. Her character in this episode is so different that I noticed it. Because when I went back and I was watching the earlier episodes and even you know earlier in season six, she seems like a different person in this episode. And it's very striking to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was just dumber when she was a Sander. <laughs> well, I, you know? I think like, I part know. of it is also just the writers needed somebody who has magical abilities and know-how. They don't have Terra anymore. Spike's not in the picture. Like, there's just there's nobody to help Buffy and Xander wrangle Willow. So they're like, well, we have to bring Anya in, and you know, we we just we don't have time to deal with her shenanigans. Is what I imagine the writers said. Yeah, or I guess just being left at the altar left Anya more serious in general. <laughs> Who can say? So cut to Dawn coming home from Janice's. That's remember where she was. Uh, the door is open. You know, just leaving the door open. She's like. Buffy? Hello? The door was... So she's going upstairs. I forgot what happens here, Staff. I totally forgot, because it's been about two years since I watched Buffy. Oh my god. They let Dawn discover Tara's body. Like, wow. How traumatizing is that? This is where I I was like, no, I don't like this episode. I, I am disappointed because Dawn literally had the episode, The Body, the same one that Buffy had. They don't show it for her. You know, they skip over right, her entire... she's not the main character of the show. Yeah, yeah and, but I'm like, that's not fair because this is so traumatizing because uh, let's, like Joyce died a natural death. She had an aneurysm. She was, she was already sick. Tara was murdered. She's shot. She bled out on this floor and letting this 15-year-old find her like that to an empty house. Like, obviously, they don't have cell phones. They can't call. I mean, you'd think someone could call Janice's house and let her, let her know. Well, and just to point out, right, like, nobody knows other than Willow that Tara is dead at this point. Yeah. Willow didn't say anything to Xander. Xander doesn't know. But yeah, my question here was, why didn't Xander call Janice's? I guess maybe Xander doesn't know that Dawn's at Janice's. It, it's it's so hard evaluating media that was made before we all had cell phones because I'm just like, yeah, you know, like it's so different these days. But it's like, I don't know if there were any good options. Like maybe you'd gra- grab a neighbor and be like, hey, like when Dawn comes back, don't let her go into the house. Take her to the hospital. Like, I don't know. Well, I'd say okay, so Willow is too distracted with her vengeance to really care what Dawn's up to. Buffy can't. She's unconscious. Xander doesn't know maybe where Dawn is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like think about it. Well, we know Xander never bothers to take care of Dawn. So. <laughs> Tara's dead. Anya's at work. Uh, so the, there really is no one left to worry about where Dawn is or how she's going to come home. My thing was more that if Anya and the whole demon world already heard about the girl getting shot in her backyard, how is it possible that Janice's mom didn't hear about that since it's all over the Sunnydale radio TV news, you know? <laughs> Great point. So now we're at Rax, and uh, we haven't seen Rack for a while, but Warren is there. He's pushing his way in. He says, I come bearing dead presidents, by which he means lots of money. Do you think we can skip the small talk? So Rack gestures Warren into his inner sanctum and shuts the door, and Warren says, I'm in a bit of a situation here. I tried to do us all a favor and eliminate the Slayer, but I guess it didn't take. And Rack says, Killing a Slayer, that's big business for a kid. To which Warren says, I'm not a kid. And I loved Rack's response because this is the only 
possible response to this from somebody like Rack. He says, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In a way that makes it very clear that he's like, whatever, like, I don't care. Because once again, Warren is posing here, you know, like he's not as badass as he thinks he is. And it's obvious to everybody. And he's so insecure. He's throwing around all this money. And, and that's an interesting thing about people who, who think money is power. Money isn't power. Power is power. If you have money, it's a lot easier to interface with things that result in power if you're smart about it. But just having money does not necessarily make you powerful. Money is a lubricant. Mm -hmm. and, and so Warren's trying to lubricate his way into getting actual power in the form of magic, as we're going to see here. But he's doing it in such a, a ham-fisted way. You know, he's not good at schmoozing. He's not good at negotiating uh, because he has this crude idea of how the world works based on his movies and based on, you know, what he thinks he's owed. I agree. So Warren says, I have my own guys. The trio. You've heard of us. And Rag says, uh, what were you? a band or something <laughs> i love rack in this episode so much. rack is thinking of the three remember how we said the three had a mixtape <laughs> oh my god that's such a deep cut well done steph i miss the that was simpler times right take us back <laughs> oh season one season one i miss you we need to go back and do season one again like well, we're starting buffy over after this <laughs> we didn't know how good we had it we didn't we really took it for granted that was the time okay um sorry um so ward says i thought word traveled in the underworld we were evil robots were my thing you didn't hear about the freeze ray and rack says sorry Warren's looking really annoyed now and Rack says, so why aren't your guys helping you? Don't you think it's interesting how Warren like genuinely believed that the trio were making waves in the underworld? You know, yeah, like he's that's, so yeah. delusional. <laughs> yes, he's self-involved. He yeah. thinks that his little schemes are important enough because he has he is like the definition of megalomaniacal right now, right? Like he believes his own hype. Uh, which is dangerous, as we're going to see. Mm -hmm. Warren says, I thought this was a cash-for-service gig, not an interview process. I need protection. I've got the Slayer after me. And Rack says, Slayer is the least of your problems. Ooh. Warren says, you're right. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the skin troubles. I'd say on a scale of problems that she ranks. Do you find it interesting that they, they let him say, let's talk about the skin troubles? Oh, because of what happens? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Too soon, Steph. <laughs> Sorry. Rack says, if I were you, I'd worry about the witch. And Warren says, what witch? Willow, the Slayer's pal. She's the new power, man. Anybody with intuition can feel it. She's going to blow this town apart, starting with you. And Warren says, what did I do to her? Okay, I shot her friend. The Slayer is alive and she heals. And Rack says, she might. But somebody's stone cold, and that's that is why the witch wants your head. She can sense your essence right now, man. It's just a matter of time before she finds you. And Warren hands Rack cash and says, I can get more, just give me something. So Rack offers him the choice, hide or fight. And Warren says both, all of it. I have a few tricks up my sleeve, but it's not enough. I need tricks and lots of power. 
which like that's the worst answer like you can't say if somebody says hydra fight you can't say yes you have to choose one warren this is your problem <laughs> so rack says i can't guarantee anything not this time the girl is running on pure fury i've never felt anything like it tastes like strawberries oh god that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and warren says thank you for the tip nostradamus just load me up okay so again warren has this like he's very new money right it's very gauche it's very much like i'm just gonna buy my way out of this situation and rack's like i'm the old powers and it's like it's not that simple son yeah you know you know what's funny to me um they mentioned nostradamus or whatever who is a like i think 16th century astrologer or something yeah that that's the second time i've heard that name this week because in the fan fiction i was reading that name came up and i was like what are the odds cara <laughs> don't you love when that happens well yeah it's interesting too it's like uh nostradamus famously you know many of his predictions did not come true as much as people might think they would have you know <laughs> so warren's like calling him nostradamus but it's like uh, i think rack's pretty accurate on this one warren come on yeah <laughs> We cut to Xander, who's watching the... Okay, he's watching the doctors work on Buffy. And I put here in my notes, I said, in the ER? In the OR? They just let <laughs> anyone like, walk into they? the uh, the observing room in the OR these days. What? Um, I didn't know where they were. Um, I assume Buffy's getting prepped for surgery. That's why I said the OR. Um, and they keep like acting like it's urgent, except the surgeon the nurse carrying the surgery tools is literally leisurely strolling past xanner into the room and then none of them are working on buffy they're literally just like poking her <laughs> or like like one has a cloth on top of her wound while the other doctor just like pokes at the hole and i was like do something damn it <laughs> buffy's bleeding out it, it, it's very much we're like playing at operation right like but we don't have the money and we don't have the time to shoot the scene yeah. as dramatically. Like, like it's really riding on like the nurse being like, oh, you know, she's <laughs> crashing. Like the, the sound effects, yeah. like this is a very cheap scene. Um, and we're not supposed to think too hard about it because, of course, Willow is about to blow it all up metaphor yeah but we we have to think hard on it because yes indeed willow walks in wearing she she changed her shirt she's in a black button up now and she says leave now and the hospital staff leave now like they're just like well we're not supposed to be here anyway we're all like interns we're all like ben hired us last year we're just just <laughs> hang out uh, <laughs> we really haven't spent that much time at the sunnydale hospital this season and it shows it's like wow like, it's really the gone least to the amount dogs. Of time we spent there it's really really gone downhill since last well, year what happened to the er doctor who's like are you kids on drugs yeah right well that, i think that's why i think they're in the or now they're, they're completely different the surgery level with all the hot surgeons except yeah these ones literally just like oh you want us to go okay we will so it's they leave. the c team <laughs> it's like it's the morning shift and no one pays attention at that time no one gets shot in the morning so xander comes in uh after willow and buffy's crashing all right and xander's like she's gonna die willow and willow says no she isn't and she looks down at buffy and suddenly the bullet that was in her chest is floats out of it and it heals itself for the wound and willow takes the bullet in her hand and she says it's so small and then it disappears and buffy comes to and she's like what happened and xander hugs her and he says are you okay he says you gotta stop doing this the dying thing is funny once maybe twice and buffy sees willow and she's like what's wrong and willow says i'll explain but we gotta go it's time to find warren and she walks out and will and like literally buffy is like what <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, we cut to Warren, who's at the Sunnydale bus station, and he's getting on a bus that's going to take him to the border. And then we see Xander and Willow and Buffy in Xander's car, and they're driving in the desert where the horsey fight happened last year. Remember? R.I.P. All the horses who died. You know that it happened, and the show just totally glossed over it. Yeah, my assumption is also that Willow is not only avenging Tara, she's avenging the horsies from last year. So Buffy is in the passenger seat, Willow's in the back, and she keeps telling Xander to drive faster, and then she magically pushes the gas pedal. So Xander's freaking out about that. And Buffy says, we need to stop. I don't like this. And Willow says, we're close. I can feel it. And Buffy says, we'll catch him and he'll go to jail. I'm finding the whole getting shot very motivating, but you're using magic. And Willow says, if I wasn't, you'd be dead. And Buffy says, maybe, but this isn't right. This isn't how I want it. And Willow says, sometimes you don't have a choice. And Xander says, I think Buffy is the tiebreaker on this one. She was the one on the ouch end of the bullet. And Buffy says, you do have a choice. This isn't good for you. Uh, And Xander says, you made the decision to stop for a reason, Willow. You promised us. Can I just ask, what's with the makeover of the damned? The hair? And Willow says, turn right. She forces the car to go off road and like across the desert, I guess, to the adjacent uh, road. They pull over at the side of the road. Willow marches purposefully to the middle of the road as Buffy follows, but she magically makes Buffy and Xander wait to the side. Um, the bus driver that's driving toward her is out of control of the bus and Willow forces it to stop right in front of her. And then the door opens and she says, get out. And Warren does get out and Willow immediately grabs him by the throat. And he's like, please, I'll do anything. And Willow squeezes his throat so hard that his eye pops out and it's like, Oh no shit. It's a robot. <laughs> so why did Warren have, a robot made of him just like waiting in the wings, I guess, just in case Terminator style. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it tracks, you know, Warren has a lot of plans. He probably has a lot of abandoned plans, right? Like he's probably dreamed up a lot of different schemes, both for crime uh, as well as for taking on Buffy. So he probably built a Warren bot. Maybe he has Jonathan Andrew bots out there. I don't know. Maybe he's got a Don bot and a Xander bot. Like, maybe he built it for Andrew. <laughs> maybe. Um, so, so, it doesn't surprise me that Warren can just have a Warren bot ready to go. So, yep. So it's a robot and uh, Willow's pissed. Buffy and Xander come over and Willow says, I could feel his essence. He tricked me. We'll find another way. And Buffy says, then what? And Willow says, and then we'll kill him. And Buffy says, you need to calm down. You're angry. I am too. There's no excuse for what Warren did. But, and this is when Willow says, he shot Tara. When he shot you, he hit her too. Upstairs in my room. Guess the last shot was the charm. She's dead. Now he's dead too. And Buffy says, oh my God, Tara. And Xander says, Christ, Will, how come you didn't say anything? And Willow says, busy. And she turns to go and Buffy stops her and says, Willow, please just stop. We love you and Tara, but we don't kill humans. It's not the way. And Willow says, how can you say that? Tara is dead. And Buffy says, I know, and I can't understand anything. Not what happened and not what you must be going through. If you do this, you let Warren destroy you too. And Xander says, you said it yourself, Will. The magic's too strong. There's no coming back from it. Willow says, I'm not coming back. And Buffy says, we'll get through this together. Willow says, we won't, not your way. No more talking. It's done. She uses magic to force Buffy and Xander back to the ground, and then she disappears. So, yeah, so this this is where she drops the fact that Tara died, and following this you know they deal with the aftermath of that but again like i just feel like it's a little anticlimactic and climatic it's it's meant to be right because that's the point is so much is happening at once they don't get any time to process they just have to act they're 
they're running on the lizard part of their brains and the amygdala and it's like you know everything is immediate and present tense and i i really like how the episode captures that i didn't like it i think tara deserved more (laughs) no no sorry i i agree with that sentiment i agree with you as i ranted at the end of last week's episode i don't think they should have killed tara at all um that was a mistake it is awful but this tragedy has happened let's acknowledge it so moving on from there i would have liked to see like a Terra hallucination coming to willow being like it's okay willow or whatever um you know like i agree with you or could we get a montage could like we see willow like remembering all the good times with Terra. i don't know i just thought i totally agree with you i didn't mean to step on your point there my point is for the purposes of the plot of this episode uh a scene like this is very efficient but i think it is also very true to kind of like the intensity of the moment no i agree with you on that like i think we're both hearing each other i i the way the way that the episode's panning out with all the action you're absolutely right like it is go 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 right and willow's on a warpath right now how i would have liked to see it i think is you know maybe maybe we get like a whole episode of like Tara's funeral and the aftermath and then you know Warren had time to get away and that's when Willow is like I'm going after Warren and she goes after him I I just wanted more time with Tara you know what I mean like I get that with the action-packedness of the end of the season that's not going to happen but I just feel like Tara was robbed our feelings of how to come to terms with Tara's death are not going to be processed in the show where we got we get to process Jenny we get to process Joyce we're not getting that with Tara it's not fair agreed Mm -hmm. yeah it's nighttime. I know that for sure because it's dark out. Uh, Xander and Buffy go back to the house calling for Dawn. They find they go upstairs where Buffy sees Tara's body in Joyce's room. And she says, oh, God. And that's when Dawn says, I didn't want to leave her alone. And poor little Donathan is sitting against the wall. And Buffy goes to her and she's like, sweetheart, come on. We need to get out of here, okay? Be strong for me, okay? We need to go downstairs, Dawn. And Dawn says, I don't understand. And she starts to cry in Buffy's arms. And Buffy says, I don't understand either. And again, this is Dawn's The Body episode. (laughs) Yeah, I I cannot imagine coming home, middle of the day, seeing Tara dead on the floor, shot. And then, like, again, her reaction totally believable you just kind of crumple you sit down in shock you're like i don't know what to do you know i'm sure some people might be critical and be like well why didn't she call the cops why didn't she try calling buffy or xander or the magic box or whatever but it's like when you're in these moments i imagine you're not thinking straight you don't know what to do and dawn is still a teenager and all she can do is sit there and think and like panic and and, uh, i just yeah like because the episode doesn't give us the time with Dawn and her grief that, you know, we got with Buffy in the body. I think it's it's good and right that we're just spending a few moments contemplating the horror of this. Because remember, not an episode ago in Seeing Red, Dawn was incredibly enthusiastic about Tara being back in this house. Um, she was so happy that Tara had slept over. She's like, I'm going to go to the basement and watch, like, I'm banishing myself to the basement to watch cartoons so that you guys can keep having sex. And, like, you know, like, she was on board. It's very, very cruel. Um, it, this is a very tragic thing, not just for Willow, but for everybody who loved Tara. And, and Dawn in particular, you know, she's so young. Like you said, she just lost her mom. This is so raw. 
Also, her uh, sister, right? Before Buffy came back. This oh, yeah, is I, not... forgot. <laughs> like, I forgot like... about that. Like, yes, <laughs> duh. Um, so we cut to Tara's body being removed from the house. Buffy and Don are sitting on the couch. Xander is signing forms at the door. And then he goes over to the Summers woman and he says, that's it. The police are coming back tomorrow with more of their pretty yellow tape. Uh, there's a lot of death in this house. The police are probably like, this is not the first dead body we've taken out of here in the last year. The next door neighbor's probably like, we got to move. <laughs> we, we need to get out of here. Or maybe I, not I mean, the neighbor. I mean, if the constant attacks by <laughs> demons and monsters didn't do anything. I mean, the neighbor on the other side already died from Norman Pfister <laughs> season two. So <laughs> it's only a matter of time for the other neighbor. And can I point out, Buffy's hair looks fantastic for just having been shot. Well, she t- she took out her ponytail, so it's got it's like ponytail. It's all yeah, it's lumped. all like wavy. Yeah. It's looking really like it's growing a little bit since her haircut earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's wearing like just all black, very classy. I'm only pointing that out because again, she was just shot. She says we need to find Willow, and Xander says she is off the wagon big time. Warren's a dead man if she finds him. Don says in her most uh, emo teenage fifteen year old girl voice good and buffy says don't say that don says why not i'd do it myself if i could Oof. and buffy says because you don't really feel that way and don's you like don't tell me you how don't I feel. know <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it's like you don't know what i feel uh, <laughs> she says yes i do and you should too he killed tara and he nearly killed you he needs to pay uh the sweet sweet wrath of a teenage girl Yeah, we feed on this energy. Yeah. (laughs) Xander says, out of the mouth of babes, he's just as bad as any vampire you've sent to Dustville. And Buffy says, being a slayer doesn't give me a license to kill. So she's thinking back, of course, to Faith. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, bad girls and consequences. (laughs) Um, Warren's human. The human world has its own rules for dealing with people like him. Xander says, we all know how well those rules work. And Buffy says, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. We can't control the universe. If we were supposed to, then the magic wouldn't change Willow the way it does. We'd be able to bring Tara back. Don says, and Mom. Buffy says, there are limits to what we can do. There should be. Willow doesn't want to believe that. And now she's messing with forces that want to hurt her. All of us. Xander says, I've had blood on my hands all day. Blood from people I love. And Buffy says, I know. And now it has to stop. And before I go on, I just need to pause on that line. And I need to say, Buffy is my hero of the episode. I think that's going to be pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. And in this scene in particular, this this scene and this speech and this line to me, this is, once again, Buffy Ann Summers, hero. She's so heroic in this moment. And that's why I pointed out how well put together she looked because like she's just looking so good in the scene and the speech that she's giving what i love about this is is it's not just her holding the line in terms of her morality and being consistent with her morality all throughout this this whole series but when she says and now it has to stop what she's doing is she's recognizing that sometimes in order to uphold our morality and our ethics when somebody wrongs us it's not so much turning the other cheek, but it's acknowledging that you are not allowed to escalate and retaliate at the same level as them. 
Um, you know, she's not saying, oh, we're just going to let Warren continue to do what he's doing. But she's saying, I have to acknowledge that as much as Willow might want to get revenge, as much as she might want to see Warren suffer as much as she's suffering right now, it's not going to happen. That is the cruelty and the unfairness of this universe. And that's what I'm reading into. I, maybe I'm reading too much into this single line, but to me, it's Buffy saying it has to stop. And what she means is Willow has to stop. Willow has to acknowledge you're not going to get what you think of as justice. You're going to get the human justice system, which is flawed and imperfect. And, you know, at best, Warren's going to be in prison for, you know, hopefully the rest of his life. But like, it's not, is it going to be enough? No, it's not going to be enough. It will never be enough. But sometimes being the good guy, being the hero, means accepting that you're not allowed to go as far as the bad people. Yeah. I mean, Buffy's saying it's not blood for blood, right? Willow yes. doesn't get to make these rules. Buffy knows this. And what I find very fascinating is to think back to season three when Faith tried to kill Angel with poison and it turns out the only thing that was going to cure him was Slayer blood. So Buffy had no qualms to go after Faith and kill Faith so that she could save Angel and Willow, Oz and Xander had her back. But it was Xander that was giving this kind of speech, right? I don't want to lose you. Like, I don't want you to destroy yourself in making this decision. But they backed her up. So it's such an interesting role reversal right now. Because Xander and Dawn are kind of saying, and Willow obviously, are saying this isn't fair. Warren should pay. And Buffy is the one that's saying, no, we don't do tit for tat. We're not blood for blood yeah. people. Well, it does make all these connections to the past. <laughs> well, I mean, I've watched the show very closely. I, I just found <laughs> this, I found this very fascinating that Buffy's grown from that. Or possibly it's just the fact that Tara is to willow what angel is to buffy right and it's it's i guess maybe it's different when it's your lover right sure well but also like the power scope has grown quite a bit like buffy did not have the power to like single-handedly take on faith the way that war willow is taking on warren and everybody in her way mm. um you know it, buffy went into that knowing it was going to be quite an evenly matched fight in that case, I think she was thinking of, like, I have to bring Faith in. You know, I have to hold her to account because nobody else will, right? Like, the police cannot deal with a rogue slayer. So yeah. I, I, I'm just, I want to kind of defend Buffy's line of thinking there. I think it is distinct from what Willow is going through. Mm -hmm. uh, but I understand the parallels you're drawing there, and I agree with you, uh, especially when it comes to, like, the relative attitudes of all the Scoobies. So Buffy finishes that speech by saying warren's going to get what he deserves i promise but i will not let willow destroy herself so xander says where do we go she could be anywhere and buffy says maybe the magic box you know maybe there's some kind of locating spell so she looks at xander and xander's like yeah i'll go because buffy initially says she would go but there's no time and this means xander has to see his ex fine um so don wants to go with buffy and Buffy's like, it's too dangerous. And Don's like, but it's Willow. She needs us. And Buffy says, you will help her lots. But first, we need to get her home in one piece. You've been through enough for more than one ever. You should be someplace where you feel safe. And Don's like, fine. I want to go to Spike's. Womp, womp. <laughs> Donnarella is just killing it with the teenage angst and like the, the pettiness. And I'm here for it. I love you, Don. 
I don't understand people who hate on Dawn because she is so choice. <laughs> like that was the perfect wrench to throw in Buffy's life. Right? Fine. If you're not gonna take me, I'm going to your exes. <laughs> yes. Damn. Uh, it'd be so funny if she was like, "I'm going, I'm going with Riley." <laughs> Call Sam. God damn you it. You know, Sam gave me her number in case I ever needed her. She's always been there for me. You know Sam would show up too. Oh, Sam was in the would have operated on Buffy and saved her life. <laughs> Sam would talk Willow down. Sam would have prevented last week's episode from ever happening. Oh my god! What else would Sam do? Write in with your hot stakes, listeners. Tell us your tell us your 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 tall Sam stories. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so sorry. I think the secret about Sam is that that none of what we've said is true. Sam can't do anything. But Sam would talk to you about it afterwards and somehow make everything seem fine. Oh, she would bring up some story from her past that is just relevant enough and yeah. poignant enough to make mm. you walk away feeling like we really learned something yeah. today. S- S- Sam just always knows what to say, apparently. Long live Sam Finn. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Buffy says, all right. And Xander says, what? Are you kidding? After what Spike did to you? And Buffy says, Xander, because Dawn doesn't know, nor should she. And uh, Buffy goes to get uh, her coat and Xander follows her. And he's like, you're not really going to leave Dawn with Mr. Attempted Rape? Damn. Buffy says he physically can't hurt Dawn. Besides, he wouldn't. Um, and I, I agree with Buffy here. Like, I, 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 it's complicated what's going on here. But I agree with what he, she's saying about how Spike wouldn't hurt Dawn. So Xander says, after last night, I'd say all bets are off on what he's capable of. And Buffy says, Don feels safe with him. We don't have a choice. Right now, he's all we got. <sighs> this is so complicated. And like, fuck, mm-hmm. I hate, I hate that I am going to side with Xander on this. But I, I do. And I, I hear what you're saying, though. Like, it's complicated. And what happened le- literally less than 12 hours ago or less than a, um, a day ago is obviously on Buffy's mind. But other things are taking priority over what happened in the bathroom last episode. That makes sense. And that's why I understand Buffy's just being like, Dawn doesn't know better right now. Dawn's traumatized. She wants to go feel safe with Spike. Fine. I just, I don't like it. I don't like that Buffy is so quick to just trust Spike with her sister after what happened. I understand it, but I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. It, it really illustrates the complexities of being a, a parent or a guardian, right? It's like Buffy has this information about Spike that Don isn't aware of. Buffy has had this incredibly traumatic, harmful experience and interaction with Spike, but she has to bottle that up and push that aside because she's doing what's right for Don in this moment. I, I don't know where else Buffy could go, right? Like, she wants to keep Dawn safe. Spike is the Janice's. only other player on the board. But Janice's mom can only make Mexican food. <laughs> Janice's mom can't keep <laughs> Dawn safe from the forces of evil. Is Dawn in danger right now? No. I think they just need to sweep her aside and not worry about her for the night. So to bring her to Spike's doesn't make sense to me. I think they should have just been like, go back to Janice's for the night. We'll come get you in the morning, you know? That's that's where I think Buffy made a, a grave mistake here. I think she should have just... But, I mean, any reason to get over to Spikes to find out where he is, right? But that's that's how I feel. I feel like Buffy should have sent her to her friends. So we're at Tara's dorm room. Willow has her blood-splattered white shirt from earlier that day. And she says, Blood of the slain, hear me. Guide me to Tara's killer. 
What did you say? Look at that. I put Kara's killer. <laughs> Oops. I am slaying. Help. <laughs> Kara's been slain and she can't get up. So the blood creates a map of Sunnydale, I think, of the woods. I don't know. I laughed because the map isn't really of Sunnydale. It kind of just like, it's like a crude children's drawing. <laughs> of um like what a, a kid would draw a, a, a town looks like um anyway she found him so buffy and don are at spike's crypt and sure enough clem is there watching tv and he spills his snacks in surprise Aww. i know and buffy comments it. she's like oh i made you spill your snacks so buffy says they're looking for spike and clem says he didn't tell you he left town and don's like he just took off and clem says that's why i'm staying here for him sweet pad like this goes empty for a few days you lose it for sure plus i don't have a tv i'm surprised he didn't tell you left in a hurry i guess buffy asks clem if don can hang out with him for a while she has stuff she needs to do and she doesn't want don to be alone and then don makes another you know can i come with you uh, gesture to Buffy and Buffy shoots her down Clem asks Dawn if she likes Porcheesy or maybe they can watch The Wedding Planner and I love the movie Low The Wedding Planner. Is that with Jennifer Lopez? It is. Yes and Matthew mm. McConaughey <laughs> Alright 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 and he even offers her the comfy chair so he's being sweet mm. but again I get I just don't get it like why would if she doesn't want Dawn to be alone why send her <laughs> to this like demon lair like send her to Janice's. So Buffy um, hugs Dawn, says she'll, she'll come back for her. She thanks Clem and she goes, but then she asks if Spike said when he'd come back. And Clem says no, only that he'd be gone for a while. Oh, Clem. Clem, you're too good of a friend. So somewhere in Africa. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. How much time has passed? It's like, is this happening at the same time? Or is this like, like I don't... Spike clearly must have found a magical portal to take him to Africa, which we can have a conversation about that in a moment. Very vague. Because there's no way he could have got on a plane and flown across the ocean in this amount of time. He drove his motorcycle there. We saw him leave Sunnydale on a motorcycle that night, and now it's night again, and he's in Africa. <laughs> Did he travel by map? Is that how that worked? Um <laughs> Clear, yeah. The show is very, very strongly on the side of, like, don't think about it. And yes, I'm just like, just that's fine, Don't show. worry fine. about it, Prophecy Girls. S six seasons in, we're, we're so, I'm so done with asking what time is it, what day is it, what's going on. Like, yeah. Uh, the thing is, is, like, so we, we, we assume it's Africa. I don't, I don't think there's even, like, you know, in Africa, like, on the screen. I don't think there's any subtitles like No, that. when I was watching yeah. the scene at first, I'm just like, did he go to some kind of commune in the desert with a bunch of hippies? Because it's just a bunch of, like, shabby-looking huts and a bunch of people, like, you know, around fires and stuff. It's very and, clearly and... a beach in California that right. people have set up huts on. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks like it's Burning Man or something. And, and I'm yeah. saying this because this is such a travesty of a depiction of, quote-unquote, Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it is meant to be Africa. If you look in like the wiki and stuff, like it's very clear Spike has gone to Africa. But, but like, it's like Africa's a whole continent. Yeah. yeah where? It's like saying what Asia. Country? He's in Asia. <laughs> like it, it's cultural appropriation all yeah. over again. We talked about this way back in the pack with the hyena spirits. It's like, oh, anytime you need a vague sense of primitivism, you go to Africa and it's like come on Joss Whedon and I know Joss Whedon didn't write this episode but it's like come on show like you can do better than that well also like we don't know because there is a man speaking like some sort of African language we don't know what it is is it Swahili 
right? Like, is it Zulu? We don't know. But just from that one man trying to warn Spike from going wherever he's going, that's where we're like, okay, so he must be in Africa. But again, it's so vague and so poorly done. So Spike ignores the warnings of the locals and he enters the cave. And there's cave drawings and of people get being mutilated. And then he so, hears... fun fact. Yeah. Uh, those drawings are depicting what willow does to warren oh really there's a a man getting his mouth sewn shut there's a man getting flayed and skins getting taken off yeah it's an interesting little easter egg there that suggests that um whoever did those drawings knew what was going to happen interesting interesting spike hears you seek me vampire and spike says yeah i seek you first he makes a joke about the cave drawings and then he says yeah i seek you and then a demon with green eyes i can only assume he's part hyena spirit (laughs) he says something about a woman the slayer and spike says bitch thinks she's better than me ever since i got this bleeding chip in my head things ain't been right everything's gone to hell and the demon says you want to return to your former self spike says yeah The demon laughs. He says, look what she's reduced you to. Spike says, it's this bloody chip. And the demon says, you were a legendary dark warrior. (laughs) Was he? And you let yourself be castrated. And you have the audacity to crawl in here and demand restoration. And Spike says, I'm still a warrior. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is this language? Uh, The demon says, you are a pathetic excuse for a demon. We've been saying that too, Kara. This demon us. Um, Spike says, yeah, I'll show you pathetic. Give me your best shot. The demon says, you'd never endure the trials required to grant your request. And Spike says, do your worst. But when I win, I want what I came here for. Bitch is going to see a change. Just, you know, once again, toss around the B word just to remind us that Spike is misogynistic. Um, Mm -hmm. So what do we think is supposed to be happening here? Is Spike getting the chip taken out? That's what it seems like. I mean, that's that's what from his from his talk with Clem, because remember, mm-hmm. he got a little after chat after the big incident last episode. Buffy didn't, mm-hmm. but Spike did. He talked to his friend yeah. about it. I'm, re- I'm really glad that the show spent so much time showing us the headspace of a would-be rapist. I really appreciate oh, that show. Th- we really, we're really glad that we got that insight. What, what does the man think about this? Well, can I also add... Just like in that episode where we got to get the man's perspective, the rapist's perspective, in this episode, we're getting a lot more of Warren the murderer's perspective as opposed to what Willow is feeling, what mm-hmm. Dawn and Buffy are going through, even Xander mm-hmm. who knew Tara. Like, it's, I'm so, this is episode two in a row where the victim is not getting her say in any way. Also, just quick side note to our listeners Steph and I know what's going on with Spike. You don't have to write in about it. We know the backs, the behind the scenes, like we appreciate it, but uh, we're just not talking. We're not there yet. Right. So as far as we can tell from what we've seen, it seems like Spike wants the chip out. But the question is, because here the demon is saying you want to return to your former self. So the question is, what is he referring to? Is he referring to William, the bloody bad poet or Spike? before the chip can you imagine the demon like if spike wins the trials the demon just like snaps his fingers and he's like poofy haired like he you know, like randy again <laughs> yeah he's got like a book of poems in his glasses and he's like and then, you know, he's like stuck in a cave in africa and he's like 
What do I do? What in the world? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what it looks like is that Spike wants his chip removed because he said it twice now. He says, bitch thinks she's better than me when I got my bleeding chip. Bitch is going to see a change. So okay, that's what it looks like. Spike, she is better than you. You are beneath her. You always have been. When you didn't have the chip, she still won. Spike and Warren are exactly the same person this season. Like, like <laughs> it's so interesting because Spike, yeah, like just like Warren uses bitch all the time. But he is honestly thinking that he is at Buffy's level because she right? slept with him. When really she backtracked right down to the Marianne's trench low to sleep with him. And Warren thinks that he is on the villain demon level, which is why he goes to those bars, right? Like they're both just very delusional men. <laughs> You know, they should form a club. They should form a club. Yeah. I, everybody who's still alive, who's tried to kill the Slayer, should form a club. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not going to go so far as to think uh, as to be like, oh, they should team up to take down the Slayer. Although that would be hilarious. Um, but like, they should just, I, I want to see the fanfic of like Spike and Warren and uh, I don't know who else is still alive, but like they're in a bar somewhere and they're like, yeah, like I had my shot at the Slayer and it just didn't go so well. And you know, look at me now, and I got alimony to pay and all this, and look at my life. And I, I just want to see the Sad Boys Club. Right? And then just, like, there'd just be, like, Buffy bots all over the place, because both of them together built the Buffy bot, and they would make more. Oh, so, <laughs> at the Magic Box, Xander's helping Anya, who apparently is sore from getting whammied by uh, Buffy, uh, by Willow. But it's interesting, because, like, Xander and Buffy have also been whammied <laughs> by Willow, and they're not in pain. So, Anya says... She knows about Tara and Xander says, we need to find Willow be before she finds Warren. Is there something you can do like a like a locator spell? And Anya says she doesn't need a spell. She can feel her. The thirst of vengeance. It's overwhelming. Uh, Xander asks if that's leftover af from her demon days, like a censor. And uh, Anya says, no, not leftover. Xander says, oh. Anya says, yeah. Xander says, when? She says, when do you think? <laughs> so... Buffy comes in and Xander says, um, Anya knows where Willow is. Anya got her vengeance on again. And Buffy's like, oh. And Xander says, Willow's all wrathy. Why don't you go to her? Isn't that your gig? Ugh. Ugh. Xander, I get that you're traumatized from today and you lost a friend today, but like you're so judgy. Yeah, no, I'm back on the Xander slander train. Yeah, yeah, I, I was so well, judgy. But Buffy's fine, right? Like I was, well, I was cutting Xander all the slack when he was covered in his friend's blood. And now I'm just like, no, you've washed Xander. Buffy is fine. Dawn is safe. And you have no excuse to be treating Anya the way you're treating her. But I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. And I, again, like Xander, if you're going to wrong an ex-vengeance demon, is it really, like, is this really the first time that you've considered that she would go back to that life since you were the only thing that was keeping her in the human world? Come on. So Anya says, normally I'd have to, but she doesn't want me. And Buffy says she wants to do it herself. Anya, we don't have much time. Which side of this are you on? Do you have to, Anya? Is that, has that ever been a rule that we know of? That she has to show up if somebody wants vengeance? I Maybe because it's a woman that wants vengeance against a man. Like maybe well, that's how her How Frick implied that was Anya's thing and that actually vengeance demons have a much broader remit. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do know one thing because right now Anya says I'll help, but I'm, I'm helping Willow. She's close to him. He's in the woods. So what I do know is that Anya does want to help Willow. But my question is, 
how is she helping her? Is she thinking like on the human end of it where like, I want to help Willow the way you guys want to help her? Or is she the demon side saying, I'm helping Willow in her vengeance? Right? Like there's, there's That's two That's a sides great question. I, yeah. I think we're supposed to read it as she's helping Willow as a friend. Yeah. We're supposed to read um, it that but way. But you're right. But, yeah. But also mm-hmm. Anya's appear, appearing to be very bad at her job. <laughs> like she's not getting into the swing of things as easily as we would <laughs> well, think. Maybe she's helping Willow because Willow has to work off the debt she's just incurred by sucking dry a bunch of her priceless dark arts books. Ooh, sucking dry. Suck jobs, you might say. <laughs> Willow did do a Bye. suck job on those books. You're so right. She sucked the K right out of those magics. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? <laughs> Set me up. Um, so, oh, we're in the forest. Willow is marching through that five miles of woods, <laughs> chasing after Warren. And she's like, run all night, Warren. I'll still find. And then suddenly, Warren hits her in the back with an axe and she falls forward. And it's like, whoa, that was really violent. But it doesn't matter. She gets up. Use, she doesn't even use her arms. She like floats up and she pulls the axe out of herself and says, axe is not going to cut it. And Warren runs as she follows. And he releases a box with wings from his from a bag he's got. And okay, you know how like Rack gave him things mm-hmm. <laughs> to help him hide, to help him like whatever. I don't know specifically what he gave him but like the box surely wasn't that surely like Warren's thing right it it totally was no it's totally Rax Rax like I'm just gonna give him this this is hilarious I don't even know what this is he's like rummaging around his his uh, magic drunk junk drawer right like it's all this discarded stuff that people have given him and he's like I'll just give Warren this thing and this thing and I don't know what the hell this is, but Warren can have it. He's like, this is a a demon's child's toy that I found in a different dimension once. (laughs) Somebody tried making a cube golden snitch. This sucks. That's a, it did remind me of a golden snitch. It's a knockoff Harry Potter toy. He's like, I, he's like, wow, this was just a joke to me, but I'll give him to that. I'll give him this. This, it's this so was true. the worst McDonald's kids meal tie-in I ever got. <laughs> it literally is like, yeah, like a, a kitty meal or a grab bag, a loot bag for children from a different dimension. That's that's what he gave Warren. So the, this box, as you said, like a, a poor man's golden snitch just flies toward Willow and explodes, but she freezes the explosion and turns it to glass and it shatters. Uh, she magically appears in front of Warren and Warren says, that's a cute trick. And she starts walking as he backs up and then he says, it was an accident, you know? And Willow says, oh, you mean instead of killing my best friend, you killed my girlfriend? Warren says it wasn't personal. Willow says, this is. And she starts electrocuting him with her magic, but then he reaches into his magic bag of tricks from Rack and throws a big ball of goop at, at Willow and he says capture and it's like a pokeball <laughs> you notice how Willow and Tara always have to use like Latin to invoke their spells and Warren can just use English this is unfair yeah. once again the mediocre white men have to put in so little effort right so easy for them it just comes so Willow is encased in this goop and Warren runs away but Willow's eyes burn red and she melts the goop away and then she says irritity or something <laughs> and warren warren's arms and legs are strung up with tree vines and willow approaches him and she says cute tricks and warren says 
you are really asking for it. You know that? And Willow says, I'm asking for it. Warren says, I'm going to walk away from this. And when I do, you're going to beg to join your little girlfriend. And Willow says, she wasn't the first girl you killed. Reveal! And Katrina, poor sweet Katrina, all blue-lipped and corpsey, comes out uh, of nowhere and says, I should have strangled you in your sleep back when we shared a bed. I should have done the world a favor. And Warren says, it's a trick. And Katrina says, why, Warren? You couldn't have just let me go. And Warren begs Willow, you know, make it shut up, make it go away. And Katrina says, it didn't have to be like that. How could you say you loved me and do that to me? And Warren says, because you deserved it, bitch! Whoa. Katrina disappears. And Willow says, because you liked it. And Warren says, oh, shut up. And Willow says, you never felt like you had the power with her. Not until you killed her. And Warren says women you're just like the rest of them mind games and willow says you get off on it that's why you had had a mad on for the for the slayer she was your big o wasn't she warren and we know Kara, that willow knows all about big o's <laughs> so warren says are you done yet or can we talk some more about our feelings so before we we continue on with this it's interesting that she summoned katrina it looks like she summoned katrina who is warren's ex-girlfriend that he killed to torture him, right? Because obviously he was very uncomfortable with seeing face-to-face a vision of Katrina. And a little part of me was wondering about why Willow would do that if it wasn't about torturing Warren or like revealing his secrets. Um, A part of me was wondering if it's kind of a reflection on Willow. Because remember earlier this season, I was bitching that Willow never actually learned the wrong that she did to Tara. It's kind of like, I stopped doing magic, therefore all the wrongs I did to Tara are gone. And I was like, that's not true though, because you... We're controlling her. You mind raped her. Did you even learn from that? Or did you just put it all on magic? So a part of me was kind of wondering if this is a reflection on that, on her treatment of her dead ex-girlfriend and her guilt over that. I, I think I'm reaching a bit here, but I wanted to put it out there. No, no. The, pro- <laughs> the problem, staff. I wasn't ready to have this conversation this episode. Um, there's so much to unpack there. Where do we start? Okay, let's start with this. I think you've hit on something very important, which is that Willow is very similar to Warren in many ways. She's very intelligent. She's very good with computers, you know, building things, hacking things, hacking the system. She constantly needs praise and acknowledgement from the people around her. Uh, And like you said, she engaged in abusive behavior towards somebody she was in a relationship with. All those parallels are there, right? Warren is this distorted, warped version of Willow. And I think it's a good reminder, right, that the show's saying, like, hey, like, you know, evil, awful, misogynistic men like Warren exist, but it's not always, you know, men that are the villains and doing bad shit. Like, women can mess up too. On that note, however, something that makes me really uncomfortable, and I I don't know if we brought this up yet, you know, for, for Willow to embody that kind of toxicity in her relationship really troubles me because because she was in a relationship with another woman and and she's kind of taking on that role of, well, I'm going to control and manipulate Tara. For the only queer relationship on the show to be toxic in that way, that, that really bothers me because and I don't, the show's not trying to say this, but again, it's, it's just, it's another case of when you don't have much representation, the representation you have kind of starts to stand for, for all, you know, lesbian relationships. 
if you're depicting the one lesbian relationship you have as being toxic mm -hmm. um, and, and Willow bringing this kind of like it, it, Willow's energy here is like a very masculine kind of controlling energy. And I don't like that because I feel like that can give the impression that like lesbian relationships in general are toxic and like, you know, one of the two women in the relationship is going to be like more control. Like, do you see what I'm saying here? Yes. Yeah, I see. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't like that at all, and I I think that you know that was a minefield the show just was not prepared to navigate right like as much as we praise Buffy for the representation that we have in Willow and Tara's relationship, much like I was saying last episode about Tara being killed off and and the way that that's fridging and and I you know you you also brought up some really good points about that, but like even just the depiction of Willow and Tara's relationship as being toxic is also really concerning and, and, and the parallels between willow and warren in that way are concerning in a way that they wouldn't necessarily be if willow had been in a relationship with a man mm -hmm. now back to katrina <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. willow is totally torturing warren here and my thought as i was watching this scene because we see warren go from distressed as you pointed out to uh because you deserved it bitch and, and you said something interesting. You said that I really liked what you said a few minutes ago. Roll back the tape. Um, <laughs> but what I noticed was Warren was thrown by what Willow did. He, he didn't expect to, be, to see Katrina. So at first he was freaked out. But he quickly regained his ground. He, and and he, he regained his sense of confidence. And this is very classic Warren is when you throw him off, he freaks out for a moment and then he collects himself and then he gets confident again and he starts throwing around slurs um this is classic warren and that's what happens here and my thought as i watched the scene was willow is not going to get what she wants out of warren uh even when she has him begging in a few minutes you you cannot beat warren mears he is unbeatable as a villain and i say this because Willow can do her worst. She can torture him. She can kill him. She can make him beg because he will beg if he feels like that's going to get him out of a situation and save his skin. There's my pun for the day. But at the end of the day, you can't beat Warren. You can only kill him. But he's never going to change. He's never going to admit the error of his ways. He might pretend to, as we're going to see. But he's not actually going to believe that. He's never going to change. He's never going to redeem himself. He, At his core, he believes that because he happens to be a man, he deserves power over women. And, and a powerful woman standing up to him, like Willow is doing right now, it doesn't make him afraid. Uh, well, sorry. No, that's wrong. He is afraid. He's, he's probably pissing his pants right now. But that fear immediately crystallizes to hatred um it doesn't change him and and so because you can't beat warren you can only kill him that's why you shouldn't kill him right because willow going down this dark path to kill warren does nothing it, it doesn't change anything which is buffy's point it certainly doesn't change warren um the best thing you can do is not fight him because that's what he wants he wants to be the 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 victim he wants to be the guy that's being oppressed by these upstart you know bra burning feminists which is what willow's standing in for right now so the best thing you can do is minimize him 
which you would do if you put them into the, the, the hands of the justice system. Um, so I, that was what was going through my head as I watched this whole thing with Katrina and the way that Warren's behavior kind of seesaws back and forth in his inter- interaction with Willow is he's just going to tell you what you want to hear. He's going to fake contrition. You can never actually convince Warren that he's wrong. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I liked what, everything that you said right there. I completely agree with you. It, it's just... <laughs> I wasn't aware that we were going to have this conversation so early. <laughs> I thought it would come a little bit later. But it's that connection between Willow and Warren that you're well, saying. I'm thinking of a, there's an episode in season seven that kind of makes this all really apparent, which obviously yeah. we can't talk about right now. I know, I know. But so, so it for me, it's because Willow was the one that brought up, you never felt like you had the power with her, not until you killed her. And this takes me back to last week, right, when we talked about spike taking his power back by attacking buffy in her bathroom and then of course willow as well taking her power over tara by controlling her with the memory flower this season which we called mind rape so there's that that connection there that i was thinking about while you're saying all that so exactly this, yeah yeah this is so again i didn't know we were gonna talk about the, the, this this episode i'm sure we'll bring it up again in the future but just just a lot of power play in this episode and let's can and we can continue on the scene and see how it all plays out here so anya is leading buffy and xander through the forest um towards willow she says that warren is still alive and she's not done yet warren is shouting for help and willow says what's the matter i thought you wanted to talk and warren says no willow says okay she holds up the bullet and that she had earlier and she says i'll talk she rips his shirt open and he's a hairy man (laughs) and warren starts apologizing and Willow holds the bullet in front of his chest and says, want to know what that what a real bullet feels like? It's not like in the comics. I think you need to feel it. And the bullet (coughs) magically starts slowly digging into Warren's chest. And he's like moaning and, and, you know, he's like, oh, well, like stop, stop. And Willow says, it's not going to make a neat little hole. First, it it will obliterate your internal organs. Your lungs will collapse. It feels like you're drowning. Warren says, please, no. Willow says, (laughs) it'll finally hit your spine blowing your central nervous system and now warren is begging her to stop and so she magically sews his mouth shut willow says the pain will be unbearable but you won't be able to move a bullet usually travels faster than this of course but the dying it'll seem like it takes forever something isn't it one tiny piece of metal destroys everything it ripped her insides out, took her light away from me, from the world. The one person who should be here is gone, and a waste like you gets to live. A tiny piece of metal. Can you feel it now? Oh, my God. Allison Hannigan. Ooh. This, this is dark and terminatory and uh, tortury. So Anya, Buffy, and Xander are very close. Willow says... I said, can you feel it? And she allows him to talk again. And he's saying, please, God, I did wrong. I see that now. I need, I I need jail. No, you don't. No, you don't think that. Yeah. And he says, but you don't want this. You're not a bad person. Not like me. Buffy catches up to her, says, Willow. And Warren says, when you get caught, you'll lose them too. Your friends. You don't want that. I know you're in pain, but. And Willow says, bored now. And she magically rips Warren's skin off of his body ew i don't like Uh, it yeah it's fleshy (laughs) bodies Uh, are gross without skin like i mean i i want our skin to stay on (laughs) staff please don't ever take your skin off in front of me don't hate exfoliate (laughs) what i gotta say um 
<laughs> Xander says, oh my God. And Buffy says, what did you do, Willow? What did you do? And Willow incinerates Warren's dead skinless carcass and says, one down. And then she disappears with magic. <gasps> Fade to black. Well, I'm really glad Dawn didn't come along. Oh yeah, it's actually a really good thing that they didn't bring Dawn this Can time. Can you imagine the school counselor conversation that Dawn has to have the next day? So yeah, <laughs> my sister brought me out on her night job and I saw a flayed body. It's Halfrek again. She's like, do you, don't you wish <laughs> that that, that yeah, didn't she, happen? She's just in <laughs> therapy with Halfrek now. She's like, as long, <laughs> as long as I don't say I wish, it's actually really comforting to talk to you about this stuff. Right, you're actually a really good person Please, you're a really good listener somebody write us the dawn halfrick <laughs> therapy fanfic we need it <laughs> she'd be like who told you you're a key <laughs> so, don't you feel more like a lock <laughs> you have more purposes than a key dawn okay whoa willow rosenberg has killed a man this is wild this is wild when when i think about the rewatch when I think about where we started with Willow, everything she's gone through, now she's a murderer. Mm-hmm. And it is wild. She's definitely, I mean, do you remember season three, Doppelgangland Willow trying to be vampire Willow <laughs> and it's not working? Right? When she sees her boobs in that tight outfit and she's <laughs> like, look at those. I, yeah, yeah this is this is shocking. This is a lot. I honestly didn't know what I was going to feel about seeing who we will come to know as Dark Willow. Um, Right now, it's just black-haired emo Willow, but we can call her Dark Willow. It's shocking to see her like this, but I can't say that I'm sad about what she did. Okay, let's talk about that. Do you think Willow should have killed Warren? No, I'm with Buffy. I'm with Buffy. And you said earlier already that Buffy's your hero. Buffy's my hero. I agree. I don't think it was for Willow to kill him. But you're not sad to see Warren gone. I'm not. And you know why? I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a mom now or something and my my views change on this kind of stuff. But I think think the way that Willow was showing her grief here and what Tara Mm -hmm. had to go through, Mm -hmm. very specifically what she said when she says, you took her light away from me, from the world. The person who should be here is gone. And a waste like you gets to live. And I totally understand the families and loved ones of victims when they have to go to court, let's just say. Let's say like, you know, somebody gets... Yeah, Willow was doing a victim impact statement right there. Yeah, yeah. And I I feel that. You know what I mean? Like, I honestly... If somebody shot somebody I love and I had to look at them and... You know, it's like you're you like you you are here and I don't get to see the person I love because of you Mm. like that. That is what Willow's sentiment is here. And I understand it. I feel it. So as much as I agree, like, no, I don't think Willow should have killed him. And especially such a gruesome, terrible way. The torture, of of course, I don't. But I'm not sad (laughs) that she did it. I'm, I'm more worried about Willow. I'm more worried about what this means for her. Uh, Just as Buffy said, right? We don't want Willow to lose herself in this. That's kind of what I'm feeling at the moment. That is really well said. I think you've hit on something very important, which is unless you've been through um, something like what Willow has just been through, losing a loved one, losing a loved one to violence, I think it's very easy if you haven't been through those things to to throw around uh, high-handed morals and say, oh, I wouldn't do this, right? Like, as I said earlier in the episode, 
I've never been through anything close to what Willow has gone through right now. So it's very easy for me to pronounce, oh, yeah, I wouldn't want this killer dead. You know, I have morals and I think all lives are important and Warren deserves to live. It's easy for me to say that. Mm -hmm. As you just said, it's... I'm not feeling it the way Will is feeling it, and it's not it's it's not about being rational. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, like it's it's really tough. It's really tough for me to talk about the the morality of killing Warren because the 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 logical side of me is like this is not a good thing for Willow, and it's wrong to kill, and, and you shouldn't do it. But I also really hear what you have to say, and, and I I think you put it very well. <sighs> Am I sad to see Warren gone? No. He was a waste of space. You know, and I mean, the show portrayed him that way on purpose, right? Yeah. And, and I think it is important for us to remember that people will do very evil things. People are seldom one thing. Uh, even evil, abusive, misogynistic, murdering men, right? There's someone out there who, who loves that that guy there's there's a there's a mother there who loves him there may be kids there who loves him and and that's not me apologizing for what he does in the world but that that's me pointing out right that like you never see everything that somebody is because people are four-dimensional beings uh we move through time as well as space and, and it's impossible for another person to perceive us in our totality so in that way I think the show itself, by depicting Warren so two-dimensionally and not fully giving us that sense of like, well, who is Warren when he's not twirling his mustache and stroking his dick and being like, women, am I right? Mm -hmm. You know, that was what made Angelus such an amazing villain. That was what made Adam such an amazing villain. Uh, even Spike, as as ineffectual as he was <laughs> as a big bad, right? He was a great villain because, yes, he had that misogynistic streak. Still does. He he was evil. He did terrible things. But we also understood him as a person, and we saw him being, you know, sweet to Drusilla. We saw him caring for Drusilla. We saw. You know, the way that Angelus's feelings that he still had for Buffy affected him, even as he did terrible things like killing Miss Calendar, right? Like, there's a complexity there. And the show doesn't give us that in Warren. He is so flat. He His character lacks so much nuance. So, yeah, I'm not sad to see him gone, but I, I am sad that the the writers decided that season six poor excuse for a big bad until Dark Willow upstaged him wasn't worth fleshing out as much as we fleshed out the demonic robot guy from season four. Well, you already said it, right? You already said there was no winning against Warren. There's no winning against a guy like that. I mean, actually, when you said that, it kind of reminded me of when you fight trolls online, right? There's no point because because they're never going to see. <laughs> just like if you're if you're fighting somebody online. Oh, troll! Yeah. I thought you. Sorry, I was in Buffy mode. I'm like, are you talking about a game where you're fighting trolls? Like on your <laughs> this is a mobile yeah, game? Yeah, troll like, no. Candyland. No, you, you, you meant internet trolls. Okay, yeah, sorry, internet I, trolls. that was a context collapse that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. No, no, no. But that, that's what I mean. Like it's just kind of like you're not going to win. So just why? Why? You know? 
you're right. Whereas we can see like Andrew, there's hope for Andrew and, and Jonathan in a lot of ways in them seeing the error of their ways. But but Warren never had that. So again, like he is a waste of space, as you just said. Like I like I'm happy to see him gone. Do I like that Willow did this? No, because we know that we know Willow's character. We've been with Willow for six seasons now. This is a terrible, tragic thing that's happening to her. And I'm very curious to see how the next two episodes are going to play out with this Dark Willow storyline. And I really loved her her ending here, right? One down, because dot, 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 we know that next episode's two to go. So she's going to go after, we assume, uh, Andrew and Jonathan now, right? So what's going to mm-hmm. happen? This is a really great setup for for the next episode, for sure. But what a shocking twist. I can't twist. wait. I have so many mm-hmm. thoughts. I can't wait. I will also like to add one more thing. I already said that Buffy was the hero of the episode, but really the hero of the episode is Sam. <laughs> is she not the hero of all the Buffy? Wait, sorry. Did Sam do a superstar on us? Did we just decide <laughs> Sam... Sam's now the new hero of the show? <laughs> Sam would have talked Willow down from the ledge here and saved Warren and put Warren in jail. <laughs> She would have done the oh, whole dear. thing. <laughs> On to our hot stakes. <laughs> First hot stake is from Veronica, who asks quite a pertinent question. If Tara didn't die, do you think Willow would still have become Dark Willow? Ooh, I love being a counterfactual. <laughs> I think not. I think love and the loss of the love of her life makes a lot of sense for something that would drive Willow to turn to the dark side as you might say and i and i really want to believe that willow would have stuck with her sobriety that she would have had the strength to just you know continue avoiding magic for the rest of her life as long as she had tara who was her magic light yeah i I agree with you i think yeah willow would have struggled but it, it was the death of tara um you know to to use the the tv tropes reference here there's a couple of them willow's obviously going on a rampage uh, revenge rampage she she also this is more so for the next couple of episodes but she basically turns into what tv tropes calls um wooby destroyer of worlds right like uh she is very much the character where it's like she has been kicked so hard that she she kicks back and it's like wow like was not expecting that um so yeah i agree with you i think tara's death was the necessary catalyst that being said just to be consistent with what I said last week. If the writers had wanted to, they could have found another way to prompt oh, Willow to turn into Dark Willow. So, oh, for so sure. the way things currently stand, no, Willow was not on track to become Dark Willow until Tara died. But the writers could have found a different way. They chose not to because it's just easier to bury your gaze. Like they they left this open cliffhanger with Amy. Like what if Amy and Rack team up and like somehow yeah. magic Willow into turning bad or like, you know, like she gets too far. In, like they, they inject her with magic with a K. Yeah. What if they make her think Tara's dead, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> Anything to oh, save Tara. Like, there's show. so many things that we could have done <laughs> to save Tara. <laughs> So the next hot stick is from Betsy. Ooh, I love that name. Um, Do you guys think that Willow's powers have blossomed so aggressively due to her close proximity to the Hellmouth? Maybe the two things aren't related, but in season one, she's basically magically null. But then by season four or five, and after multiple openings and breachings of the Hellmouth by big and not so big bads, she's one of the most powerful witches on the planet. Coincidence? Ooh, I like this question. I like that we're getting questions for like, you know, this is fun. (laughs) Uh, Well, Betsy, I think that 
Willow's powers are definitely helped by the Hellmouth. Just like we're like, oh, how come, you know, those guys from some assembly you're required can just bring something back from the dead? Like, you know, the Hellmouth does power a lot of the magics that are happening in Sunnydale. However, I like to attribute Willow's ability to do magic with her gayness. <laughs> Wait, with her queerness. Because the, the the more queer she got, the more she fell in love with Tara, the stronger her power got. And I really like that. Be gay, do magical crimes. Um, <laughs> I love that theory, Steph. Yeah. I just had a very deep conspiracy theory moment. Ooh, okay, let me put on my tinfoil hat. Go ahead. <laughs> You're going to need your red yard for this one as well. <laughs> what if Willow's magical strength is because of Sheila, Willow's mom? Go with me on this journey. Mm. Earlier in the, the series, Willow's mom, Sheila, was very much like, I'm psychology mom and I'm going to psychoanalyze you and magic's not real. And, you know, she started Moo with Joyce, rest in peace. Um, and, and, you know, the whole thing in gingerbread almost had Willow burn to the stake. But what if, what if, Steph, that was actually Sheila's long game? Sheila always knew Willow had the potential for magical abilities and everything she's done for Willow's entire life, you know, raising her to be book smart and academic, but then just withholding just a little bit of that approval. Um, and, and clearly being a very like negligent and absentee mom, cause we never see her again after that. Um, you know, what if all of that was so that Willow would get involved in magics and then gingerbread was the catalyst to push Willow far enough that she'd finally get into it and she was behind the scenes you know working with like the romany guy uh you know jenny calendar's um uncle she uh you know she like she was there like manipulating willow to like get angel's soul back and like she's <gasps> and been she works pulling... at she works at the university yes. where maggie was working with the initiative. Okay. She's trying whoa, to raise whoa, whoa. a super powerful magical child. She's just being very like, you know, hands off about it. And it's like, it's coming to fruition. Sheila's probably <laughs> monitoring Willow right now. Sheila is the big bad of the entire series. <laughs> it all makes sense. It's all coming together. Steph. And we're, we're, we're way ahead. We're, we, we can't spoil it, but something's coming up in season seven. Very likely Sheila's doing. So, oh my God, you are so right. I like where this is going. Let's add a pin to, let's put a pin in that. Let's, let, I've, I've added it to our, my giant bulletin board in front of my computer here that has all of the red, the red it strings and everything connecting. And Sheila's <laughs> gone right up to the top. Sheila Rosenberg, you are on the list. <laughs> right. Our last hot stake is from Lita, who writes in to say, Willow's consistent disregard of consent in spellwork is such a great foil to the trio's understanding of consent. Both allow their desire for power and control to take precedence over the autonomy of others. Uh, with the trio, it's very misogynist and mired in rape culture. Women are tools to make themselves feel cooler about themselves. And Willow, too, uses the people around her to feel better about herself, disregarding their free will in favor of what she wants and thinks she should have. From her early days with magic performing love spells, she has been comfortable using magic to change the minds and wills of others. By the way, many schools of magic operate with an ethical standard of only performing spells on willing participants, similar to medicine requiring consent except in times of emergency. 
So, though still a bit clunky and poorly executed to have the trio and Willow as main antagonists, I think their shared motivations and flaws play off each other really well. Lita, you said that way better than I put it earlier, right? When I was like, there is a connection between Willow and Warren and Spike, but like, you know, it's there. Um, this this makes sense to me. This yeah. is exactly what I wanted to articulate. I just couldn't. Uh, absolutely. Same. Absolutely. Yeah, like the, that power dynamic um, and how it plays out differently with each of these characters, yet they're still there. Like, you know, they're, st- they're still shared motivations, as you said. So well done. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of hot stakes fr- about Willow. Right. And we're probably going to get a lot more about her in the next couple of episodes. And I just want to remind everybody that we will be doing Willow on trial at the end of season six. So if you have any thoughts that you want to send in ahead of time for that episode, any time is good. Send, send them on yep. in. Send in your accusations. Send in your evidence for the prosecution. Send in your defense. Send in your witness statements. Uh, I don't know. Uh, send us your conspiracy theories about Sheila, mastermind of all of this. <laughs> it's really going to be Sheila on trial. So tell us send how us Sam on... would save the day. Like we won't hear it all. <laughs> we're, we're also Sam's the judge. So, <laughs> so yeah. So send those in. All right, and as always, thank you so much to our Buy Me a Coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones: Emma, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, Tasha, Ricky, Amy, Rochelle. Jasmine, Susanna, Reese, Joshua, Louise, Nicola, Julian, Jordan, Kayla, Holly, and Lizzie. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise malik see you next week